0: first podcast i'll get better so till next time i'm carrie bradshaw and this is sex in the city
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of In Another World, a pop culture podcast. I am your host Zachary Landold and today we are discussing the end of the first season of the HBO Max series and Just Like That. And here joining me for this wrap up of the season I have Joey Moser who actually was here at the beginning of the season.
2: I was. Can't get rid of me. Came back (laughs) like a rash.
1: Hi. And uh, we also have another returning guest. We have Ryan C. Showers, who last was on the podcast talking about one of his favorite things, Scream 3.
0: And you whores didn't invite me for the first round of this, so I'm happy to be here.
1: I just assumed you're so busy, like being a a podcasting celebrity. Oh, please. (laughs) Hair flip. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so happy to have you both here to talk about a show that I feel like we are all uh loving so far yeah 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 oh well i guess yeah like what are our quick like first thoughts on like as the season is now like wrapping up what what are you feeling about it um you know i think if you love these
2: characters as i do and i think you gentlemen do as well Mm -hmm. um i think you are ready for a show like this i think um going into the finale i i you know liked the show more and more as every episode progressed um i i don't feel like i have sort of the right to say like i don't like this or these aren't where i think the character should be so i i have liked it from beginning to end so i don't know mm-hmm. that answers your question but, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I love the finale yeah
0: and why Oh, gosh, I love this show. You know, whenever it first, whenever the first two episodes dropped, it was like coming home. And I was I, I don't know if my enthusiasm and passion for Sex and the City has ever been so high after I saw after I watched the first two episodes, because it, you know, it updated the the storyline for this moment in time. Uh. And it made it, it made like, especially that first episode, it made everybody feel like we were at home. So mm-hmm. it was just this like brilliant, like, uh, you know, magic trick that they pulled off. And um, I actually liked the way that they were discussing wokeness because I don't think it was, I don't think what this season was doing was co-signing all wokeness. I think it's kind of pushing and pulling a little bit and engaging with wokeness in a, in a, in a nice way um, that fits today's world. And I really love the, the amount of detail that was put into every single episode with every single character decision and plot point. Uh, it really shows, so.
1: Yeah, the one thing I have always believed with the creative team of sex in the city slash and just like that is that they're so character focused with every detail of the show like they won't even if they really want to do a certain storyline if they just fundamentally know it's not in the dna of the character they will be willing to like be flexible with where they want to go Like it's all about the characters it's like such like I don't know. It, it, it's so weird that people frame this show sometimes as being kind of like, you know, slight and not that intellectual. And it's just, you know, rich, entitled women in like, you know, fancy clothes, which it is a little of that also. But I feel like what the true fans of the show love are just these characters and I just, it's been such a joy to spend more time with the characters that I've actually just been getting really sad thinking about what if they don't do a second season? Like, I really am not ready to say goodbye to this world again.
0: I think they're absolutely doing a second season. And with the... Are we talking spoilers, by the way? Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. This is... The, yeah. Anyone who's listening, this is a unpacking of the whole season. So if you should watch the season and then come back. It's only 10 episodes.
0: <laughs> well, I think the way that this um, season ends so perfectly sets up a second season with... Mm. Uh, all of the characters i don't know about charlotte but especially carrie uh with uh, that you know final you know romance with with franklin i like the way that the the episode concluded really took my breath away you know i said from the start that carrie should have her own show like there's no reason that yeah, she couldn't yeah. have her own podcast so the fact that she now has her own podcast and she's the one in control and she has this organic natural love interest i think is really cool well that's
1: what's I think what makes this such a good finale is that I instantly have so many things that I'm curious about that can be explored in a second season. And it's setting up so many new um like plot devices they can use. Cause now that she, you know, Carrie has her own show mm-hmm. and she has people calling in and asking questions. I think it's going to open us up to even more storylines because she can be you know researching her show for that week and i think it's i think it's actually in a better place now than when it started like it feels like to end the show now would be a disservice to what it can become because now they've done all the groundwork and it can just like take off in the second season so i'm very excited and i i do feel less nervous about it getting renewed because it was i mean such a success honestly and yeah. even, like, Michael Patrick King was talking about on the, like, Writer's Room podcast that accompanied the show. You know, like, you know, there's so much content out there now. So the fact that even people were so, you know, devouring this content and talking about it so much on social media is, like, a miracle. So it's, it's a success either way.
2: I also feel like the people who complained. I have a really big <laughs> I like I said it before, but I have a really big problem with the people who complained about what the show was doing oh, at the start of it. I think you and I talked about that before or constantly as the season went on. Yeah. I wonder if if they do continue with the second season, it's sort of an evolution of what the show originally was through the lens of what the first season of Just Like That could possibly be. Um, you I mean she may have a continuing romance with Frank Lynch, which I was so happy about to see because I was waiting for it the entire
1: Thank season. Thank you. I had sensed it like the first episode. And well, so I thought, gonna... well, maybe I'm just yeah. crazy. And then so yeah, I was very happy. So I don't know if if um you know if they do continue
2: for another season, a couple more seasons, if they show Carrie in the throes of you know, a new romance. You know, after her husband's death, Mm -hmm. that's sort of similar to what people wanted, but more mature after she's gone through this whole batch of episodes, if that sort of makes sense. I don't know. Um, And maybe it has a little bit more of the original vibe promise, which I don't think it needs to lean into, but a lot of people Mm -hmm. want
0: Well, and the thing about like, you know... I do want to just quickly address this um, because the the discourse around this movie has absolutely driven me nuts because I feel like people (laughs) haven't engaged with the show in the way that Mm. you the show demands to be engaged with. Like it's not about I I, you know, the thing that the biggest mistake people make is bringing their own expectations and their own wants Mm. for the characters Mm. instead of where the characters are actually going. Um, and the the negativity that's just recycled, like we started out on such a wrong foot with, you know, the Kim Control like drama and the the hostility about her not returning, and then that anger just gets transplanted from episode to episode, like to the point where people are criticizing the writers, acting like it's a huge sin that Miranda traded Carrie soup for the sandwich in this in the oh ninth episode. Like it's you know, get over yourselves. Like I just I don't think I don't think people gave this show a fair shot because if they did, I genuinely think people would be higher on it because mm-hmm. the, the character work is so detailed and so nuanced and uh, you know uh, everything uh, that Joey said I think is true. I think if there is a season 2, it will be a little bit more like the original show mm. except you know, but while still being its own thing. You know, that's the, that's the other thing. This is a different mm-hmm. show. It's more mature and I think that's uh, that's something people really struggled with.
1: Well, that's a good. uh, You mentioned how it's all about the characters. I think it's a good place to talk about. What did you think of the new characters that were brought into this show? Because I, I was not worried about the show because I I trust the writers, but I was worried that the characters would feel like they were like checking off some like list of like, okay, what can we do to be more diverse? And I actually feel like that isn't what it was at all and it actually felt very organic and now these characters do feel a part of the dna of this universe now
2: i would agree i had wondered um especially with naya and her husband
1: Mm.
2: i was like i could watch I, i mean with any of the other couples that were brought in i could watch a whole show about them and i think that's sort of a compliment to the writing to sort of fully uh, position them in with this world. And that sort of goes along with what a lot of people criticize the original show about, about how it was not diverse um, and and sort of the jumping off point with the, the episodes. Like the women at this age in their lives would be at the risk of being called names by people who are a lot more... Uh, conscious and woke than they are oh, sure. and they would you know they i don't know I, and i and i don't i don't think that these people wouldn't be friends like i i think that's another question to sort of push back at people when people say they would you know they you know they only doing this to fit a criteria of this that and the other it was like well i couldn't you know i i don't think that these people would not be friends with these other people i yeah, think that's sort think of a, charlotte a wouldn't to be them. friends
1: with ltw like, you I don't know come on
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the episode that really sold their friendship to me and the fact that like you know because people did c- criticize charlotte in particular with ltw mm-hmm. at first um there were two moments of that it was the moment uh, where i think the show really resolved that issue was when charlotte came to dinner um mm-hmm. and there like, you know she kind of talked about the art like she had the big flub with mistaking one of the, yeah. the, the dinner guests but then also um the episode where they where they play tennis and charlotte you know explodes on harry and uh, ltw and her husband see it and then we see the exact same situation reversed and i think that's something that's helped like humble them as friends um but i have to say like overall the new characters have been a huge success except for che um, i think most <laughs> people would agree that che is mm-hmm. Awful. Um, and I, I didn't like her even before she and Miranda became a thing. I didn't I didn't like her from the from the start. Um, what about her comedy concert? Her comedy concert was funny. I just Shay isn't the type of person I would be friends with in real life. Oh no, um, I mean I, yeah, I, 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 like. <laughs> but I, you know, the episode that really sold the new characters and made me feel like, ooh, this is a success is. Episode nine, when they all intertwine and they're mm. all in the same space at the painting thing. Like, I was on mm-hmm. such a high after that episode. I watched the episode yeah. four times. Like, I just think the <laughs> chemistry is just so per- perfect in that it, between all the new characters. Like, we've had time to kind of get to know them and let them grow, but now they're all just a part of the universe. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. And, um, uh, Uh, lastly about this point like i think it's a good thing that they kind of branched out from just being like oh we are these four codependent women who only talk to the four of us and maybe our gay best friend every once in a while like i think it's natural to see people you know have their close group of friends but also have other friends too like it's and those friendships intertwine and they get bigger and you know i think it's i think it's a good thing
1: yeah, and there's something to be said, like, in the original show, they were younger, they were still, like, forming their lives, so I guess it would make more sense that they were tied to a very, like, close circle, because, I mean, I can identify with that in my life, I really have maybe four or five really close friends, that is about it, but as they're getting older, they're, you know, they're very social, out and about women, like, they're involved in more things, like Charlotte's involved with women at school, it makes sense that they're mm-hmm social circles would expand even just naturally. Um, but do you have do you have a favorite new character that was added to the show? Because I definitely have one.
0: I do too. Um, I love LTW.
1: Uh I mean she's fabulous. Mine is Seema. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Seema. Yeah, I am too.
0: She's wonderful.
1: What's great about what I loved about so much about Seema is that she's both not a stand in for Samantha Jones. But she kind of fills that like, like jolt of energy that used to get from like a character like Samantha Jones, where she is like an unapologetic, fabulous woman who just—I mean—every time she, every costume they put her in on this season of television, I was just like in gay heaven.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. no, and I I have to say, Seema, I think they did a great job, especially with Seema and Carrie's relationship. Like, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time between sima and carrie almost to the point where i feel like sima was like not like almost using carrie as like a stand-in partner um because like she was getting that attached uh, mm. but no i i i, I kind of see because a lot of people said that to me a lot of people said i think the realtor is going to become the new samantha and i'm glad that they didn't go there um but she still has that flair and that like spirit that samantha had that maybe was missing from the show before she came in
1: and she's just, like, unapologetically herself and just stands behind what she, like, says. Like, she's just very, like, forward with her thoughts, but not in a bitchy way. Just a no bullshit. hmm So, okay, so we also, we mentioned a character earlier that has been, I would say, the focus of... Most of the criticism of this first season, and that was the new character of Che, uh, performed <laughs> by Sarah Ramirez. Now, uh, what, what <laughs> uh, to to sum it up in a little a little blurb, if you will, what what did you both think of this character? Do you think the criticism is fair? Do you think it's a little too much? Is it right on the nose? What what do you think? I'll start with Joey.
2: Um, I <laughs> I think that. I like how, you know, outspoken they are. The character is. Um, I enjoy that there is a character that is getting the fan base riled up a little bit because that character is such a different vibe than the rest of the characters on the show. Mm. Um, I will say the entire finale or the last two episodes. All I kept thinking about. The entire time when Miranda was explaining what she was doing with Che, all I kept thinking was when Carrie was gonna go to Paris with the yes. Russian and she yells at her, You're living in a fantasy. That's what I was screaming inside the entire time, the last two episodes. And I I like Sarah Ramirez on the show. I think, you know, I think I would have liked to have seen them interact more with more than just Miranda. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you had a Seema or you had a Samantha there to challenge Che in a way, I think I would have loved to have seen a scene like that.
1: Um, I thought we were going to get that with her and Carrie. like but
2: Kind of, that. yeah, me too. Um, you know, maybe not a, uh, a fight in the, yeah. you know, favorite, you know, thrift store sort of fight, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. I don't know. I, I enjoyed how much their character... Uh, riled up the show as sure. much as I didn't like seeing the character rile up the show. If that makes sense, I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's exciting. Though I think that's like an unpredictable element to the show that I did not expect.
0: Well, and the thing is, there is a difference between Shay, the character, and M- Miranda interacting with Shay because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. have conflated the two. I have to say. I I started actually really liking Shay after Miranda left Steve, and this mm. isn't, this has nothing to do with Steve. It's just more so the, the temperature that was like, you know, in the tone in their story um, that allowed me to grow a little more, uh, you know, amenable to Shay. Uh, I still, I, I kind of find her obnoxious. Like, and I, but again, mm. I think Sa- Sarah does a great job in her performance like and i think it's good that we have this character um but it's just not a character that i liked um but again i i I will kind of defend her i'm sorry i will kind of defend them Mm -hmm. against the online nonsense um because i think it it is actually i think there is some value in what miranda goes through in in this season it's not perfect but it's i i I think it's really good
1: yeah i think I think Che unfortunately got caught up in a section of the fandom that has a very intense uh, love for the character of Steve, and they are so protective of the couple of, you know, Steve and Miranda, which I can understand to a point because, I mean, I will admit it was very hard to watch this play out the way that it did as someone who, you know, followed the whole journey of Miranda and Steve. So it is it's hard to watch like literally everything fall apart but it's also it's very true to life like couples that have been together for such a long time and you know there might be things that felt they could be brushed over for you know years and then things can start to like crack at this you know point in someone's life i mean so yeah. much of this was based on actual st- people in the writer's room and things they knew from like their friends and like their are people in their lives so it's I just think people love Steve too much but I will agree with Che I think sometimes the writing was a little um kind of written to be reckless but I wonder if the character is just meant to be a little selfish and a little reckless I think it's so
2: interesting that there is a character like Che who acknowledges that they are a raging narcissist <laughs> when a lot of the criticisms of some of the women from the original show are they're so narcissistic. And, right. you know, they're like, Carrie's so into herself. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, 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 we're following her story. I, like, what? <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that uh, there is a small, if people want to check it out, there's a small interview with Sarah Ramirez in the New York Times yesterday, sort of confronting about, you know, people's reactions to the character. It's, it's mm-hmm. really short, but it's, it's worth checking out. And I will say, I was waiting... For the shoot to drop between uh, Shay and Miranda in a different way, almost. Oh, I wonder if
1: it's the same way I was thinking. Yeah,
2: because it's... I thought it was. I thought when Miranda was going to go surprise her in another city. I thought it was going to be like a Queerest Folk mm-hmm. uh, Justin moment, where you go to another city and she no. sees them with somebody else. Which I made me second guess what I thought, where I thought the character was going, because I had. Not initially bought right away that the sort of you know Shay, who is you know very sexually non apologetic, would stop what they are doing Mm. to be with Miranda. I don't know, I don't know if that's horrible to say.
1: No, I I was like, Oh, I see. I was like, Okay, she's gonna find them in bed with someone else, and they're gonna be like, Well, what we're not committed, like we're seeing each other, Mm. but we're not, we're not like, I thought that, and I thought it was gonna be about you know, is Miranda so connected to wanting to be with Che because she sees Che as the way out of her, you know, life that she's living. I thought that's kind of more where we were headed. And I feel like we're still, I still think there is something to be said for Miranda is acting, like like you said, very recklessly in the way that carrie was when she was just moving to paris and just dropping her entire life (laughs) and i do think it's interesting to see like the flip side of that now with miranda who i think has lived most of her life very rigidly and she's trying to finally just like live unapologetically and i wonder how that will all fall into place in season two i will say
0: well and if I could just add, like, I think it's, I, I'm so glad that the writers didn't do that. Cause I think mm-hmm. I, I was expecting that too. I was expecting her to show up in Cleveland and then have this, have be devastated. And then all of this was for naught and get back together mm-hmm. with Steve or just be miserable and single next year. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't, they chose a, a, a different route, which okay. I really like. Um, I will, um, I will say that I did watch, I rewatched the series um, over Christmas break as, and just like that was, uh, you know airing every week mm-hmm. and there are so many instances knowing what what happens with Miranda and Steve to watch it back uh, mm. is interesting because you can there are so many there are so many episodes and so many moments where uh, it's alluded to that she isn't really that into him and that, that mm-hmm. kind of foreshadows the eventual arc here. Um like it was almost like this was always going to happen, but we remember the Brooklyn Bridge. We don't remember Miranda, you know, yelling at him at 3 a.m. to get out of her apartment. Like, you know, because of the dog or whatever it was. Uh or being
1: miserable at their honeymoon
0: Exactly. Like there was there were so many signs. And like also there were very uh, there were a lot of signs of her drinking early on as well. Every time, every time one of those was a pin drop, I was like, oh my God. Um, you know, knowing that she started. She almost. She was like on the verge of being an alcoholic because her marriage was, you know, causing her so much pain here. So I'm or unfulfillment. Uh, but anyways, well, I, I, I I I'm done. <laughs> well, I also feel like
1: people have said that Miranda's not acting like Miranda. She's being so silly. I'm like, does no one? Did anyone watch the show? Like, did anyone, yeah. like Miranda has always been kind of a mess. Like I I still remember. When she like went on that date with that cop and was just like drinking her face off and just I just being, watched like, that a episode. total mess. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is not always at it together. I don't know what false narrative we were well, trying to uh, build here.
2: Just because you present yourself as being more in control or being more rigid than everybody else doesn't mean that you are. That's what I that's what I kept thinking. Because what I've been doing is as I've been watching and just like that, I just randomly go back and watch random Sex in the City
1: episode. Yeah.
2: Oh, cool. Cause that's Because it just puts me in a, you know,
1: the, the and just like that puts me in a good mood. Um, and then, Well, it reminds you know. me of things, too. So then I go, oh, I want to go back and watch it. Yeah, me too.
0: Stuff. You know, I have to say, like, and that's the beauty of this show, is, like, it kind of, like, it, it's... It's forward leaning and forward thinking um, with, you know, the culture and the characters um, while also like igniting our nostalgia. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I've been obsessed. I've watched the movie like three times since, the, <laughs> since, and just like that started, like uh, it's in, uh, in a way I, I, what do you guys think? I mean, I know I'm Zach, I'm not trying to like take the, the host mic away from you, but oh, please. Go, go ahead. you're fine. <laughs> do you guys think, and just like that naturally fits into this mega, Franchise of Sex and the City in an, in a good normal way because I, I do, but go ahead.
1: I absolutely. I mean, personally, I do absolutely. I think, I think it fits more into the universe than Sex and the City too. That you know, what I mean, like it feels in the Scooby-Doo. DNA of the original show. I feel like the way it connects with the original show in a like a really beautiful way. And just I yeah, it's working for me.
2: I don't think that. Um... I kept thinking about every single reboot that has happened, or reboot, or s- sequel, or whatever the <laughs> hell, continuation or whatever. This is the one, or one of the only ones. I, I haven't watched all of them. But, that that um, that challenges the characters in a different way. Mm. Um, it's not. It's not a carbon copy of what the original was. Um, it's not, it's not trying to do what the original was. And I think that's what is so successful in my criticism of the criticisms that um, it's just, I, like, God forbid, you know, you just, I don't know, just let them deal with stuff that these people at this age in their life would actually deal with. It's okay, guys. It's, calm, it's fine. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> also, it's so funny the that people I for me what I always loved about the series is that it was never afraid to show the characters as flawed and making bad decisions like making really bad calls about their lives because my god I have friends I've been close to for years and years I love them so much but they will do things that just defy logic in my brain and I have to just sort I mean Within reason, if they're doing something that's going to actually harm themselves, I will, like, intervene. But sometimes you have to just let your friend make a mistake and learn the lessons they're going to learn from it. And it's just, it's weird that I feel like people were okay with the women being flawed in their 30s. Maybe because they thought, like, well, they're in their 30s. And it's like, because they're in their 50s, they don't like them having, you know, flawed behavior. And I'm like, that's just being human.
2: But they want them to go back to their fifties to doing what everything they did before,
0: and that's a problem. That's yes. that's the that's the key problem of the way that fans have interacted with. Or I wouldn't even call them fans. Just the public has interacted with Sex and the City. They they were expecting. I feel like people were expecting this to be Sex and the City season seven of <laughs> you know of them just running around you know do, talking about blowjobs you know uh, talking <laughs> about post-it notes. Bit. And they do, but they do it in a way that's natural and like normal for women of this age who have been through their experiences and they're at a different place in their lives. And I think that is kind of the growing pain of this season is, you know, we, I feel like all three of the characters had to get through this change and like kind of like, you know, move through being changed from who they were used to be or how we used to think of them. And Mm -hmm. maybe next season, they'll just be able to, Be their new changed selves and have more fun in a way.
1: Well, what I. The new plot, like the plot lines with like the new characters or just like the new obstacles in their lives, the ones that have been sort of picked apart the most have been the ones that actually been working the most well for me like I've seen a lot of people online talking about the rock storyline with Charlotte and how they feel that it's forced but to me it just feels like a natural progression with her character because her whole Mm -hmm. character has always been someone who is trying to achieve the perfect life like the perfect you know cultivated existence for herself and that keeps getting upended by the realities of life and I feel like when the show starts she is in a very like perfect place like you know my perfect children are going to their perfect activities everything looks beautiful I have my lovely little life he 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 and then she gets upended by well no actually you're gonna go down this whole new avenue that you weren't expecting and I feel like that's actually been so I think Charlotte has had one of the best arcs of the season actually that or I've enjoyed I it too. the most
2: well it's it's something that shows how they've integrated you know stuff that you know we keep saying you know woke stuff which is the, the you know the main criticism that the the show has been getting that it's forcing it but i think and i and i do buy that charlotte as a character were to react that way because she loves her children mm-hmm. and she you know that she does and she i love that scene between her and anthony i think it's an episode four maybe episode three or I think four it's three okay um yeah 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 I like how it is a conversation starter between two people who know each other well, who are obviously different places in their lives and they are reacting completely differently to it. But I think what Charlotte is doing is showing, you know, what a good parent is supposed to do Mm -hmm. while still not immediately knowing all the answers. Like she admits to being confused. She admits to, um, you know, maybe saying the wrong thing or, you know, correcting herself. I love that about what they've given mm-hmm. Charlotte to do because I think you can't deny that she loves her children.
1: Well, and what I will say, like, as much as people have talked about the character of Che and the flawless of the character of Che, it, it was... Che was the uh, reason that one of my favorite moments in the entire season happens which is when they're at the comedy concert mm-hmm. and <laughs> Che is talking about how accepting their family was and they just do this cut to mm-hmm. charlotte's face and you just see her realize like this is what i want my child to have and like immediately goes and calls mm-hmm. their child to say they love them like I i'm not even like really into kids like want kids whatever <laughs> if i mean just being honest but i was like oh that's very touching like it's it's one of my favorite moments of the whole season honestly
0: well it, are, would you guys agree with me like that i think the show as much as the show is taking wokeness in stride and kind of learning those things how how we described it, that, that of charlotte because charlotte does have a beautiful arc with accepting rock and all of the challenges that come through that even for somebody who like charlotte is a pretty open-minded person in general i mean she's still very prim and proper but uh she's never been one to turn people away uh so I, this was always in charlotte and i love that the show kind of went through like the, the the hardship of that but i think the show kind of as much as it embraces wokeism uh, in in certain ways i think it pushes back or at least there's a conversation that that's being had about about wokeism, that's not like a complete like endorsement, um, mm-hmm. but it's but still uh, you know uh, uh, embraces it in a certain in, in, a, in a in a slim way. So I think it's actually more nuanced than people are giving it credit for.
1: Well, even in the first mm-hmm. episode, there was so much discussion about the Miranda moment when she goes to her class for the first time, and you know they're like, "Oh, she would never act that way," and why are they making the character? behave in such a ridiculous fashion and i actually feel like another layer to that scene is that we as the audience if you have been watching this show and actually know these characters know that miranda is a very intelligent liberal-minded woman who is not like a flaming like lunatic but these young these young students are looking at her and they don't know this woman so they're just saying like ugh, you know this is <laughs> some crazy older lady who is like not with it and i feel like that's uh, opening us up to the idea of like having more empathy with people and not making so many assumptions and demonizations of people that we we don't know their full story and yes. she's just a woman that's flawed and making mistakes because well you know that's what life is
0: yeah
2: and if you you know as as much as she is someone who obviously is like you said very intelligent very liberal-minded if you think of even some of the interactions that she has on the show with people who she is not particularly um, well acquainted with she has incredibly awkward interactions with them (laughs)
1: like the scene uh, where
2: the scene where she uh dates the guy who confronts her at the gym and they go on a date and he thinks she's sexy and then later when she asks him what is really up She's like, oh, I think you're a fool yourself. She just walks away. She's, yeah. she's like, because she's embarrassed. And it's, it, obviously it's not the same thing. One is dating and one is obviously dealing with the, you know, predominant social issue that we're all talking about right now. But it's, yeah. it's that's, I I totally don't get that criticism like, but that's not her. You
0: know, it like, is her. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. consistent with who Miranda was. Exactly. And- the, but going to like kind of what Zach said too I think it is great that it, they kind of explored this really like touchy subject and touchy issue through the lens of somebody who's older and putting them in a younger environment because like and not that I would say that I'm anything like Miranda or like her age but uh, you know working like I go to you know I'm in law school and the people who I'm in law school with are maybe like three or four years younger than me because I worked for a couple of years after graduating and there is a bit of a, a difference in the way that like they talk versus is the way that I talk or think, and not I'm not saying about race, but just in general. So I think it's a very natural thing, especially for someone like Miranda to be challenged in this way, because we see this all the time with like younger kids and like college kids going home and talking to their parents about things, and it's like two different languages. Uh, and I think the show portrays that really well and very on a very human level.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so there was a part of the season that at the time, I knew was going to be coming the entire time and I was I was ready for my heart to be broken which was that of course Willie Garson who played Stanford passed away like in the middle of production and I had wondered how they were going to handle that because from what I understood originally Stanford was very much in every single episode had like an entire arc that was going to explore his marriage and Mm -hmm. and I even found out through the writer's podcast that the ending we got with Willie was even going to be a little more nuanced where originally they knew at some point he was sick and not going to be able to finish and he had written this last scene for him where he goes and like has cosmos with carrie her apartment and says that he's gonna like leave for that job in tokyo but it's much more like carrie like giving him a hug and like sending him off and it was going to be you know essentially the end of that character and unfortunately he couldn't even you know get the strength to film that scene so we ended up with the letters that we ended up with in the show do you how do you think that needs to be extended like do you think we need a more definitive ending in season two like I I also understand them not wanting to do a death you know what I mean like it was already a season dealing with so many heavy topics that to stack that on I think would have been kind of wobbly in the second half of the season but do you think we need a more definitive ending that actually addresses his his actual death as a actor
0: i don't know Uh, it's hard it's really Mm -hmm. hard i wish that like you know if 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 they would have had two more hours to get that scene i think that would have been fine there's really nothing they can do about it so i i don't Mm -hmm. really hold the stanford thing against them Um, Oh yeah! Oh God! Because it's it's such a horrible situation, but I I don't I don't know how they could possibly address it in a way that isn't a death. Um, Mm -hmm. Joey, um,
2: yeah, I feel like if they would do like a. You know, he's never coming back. He would sort of just be like hanging over it the entire time. They couldn't recast it. They couldn't oh God. Yeah. like
1: well,
2: they couldn't have like somebody come in and be like, "Hi, I'm Stanford. I'm leaving you." Like they couldn't do that. It would just. I be got like, Botox. Yeah, <laughs> I'm twenty-five. Um, you know, they couldn't do that. So, I mean, if they do address it and they do do it as a death, I hope it's not something that is like the focal point just because it would sort of just be like, well, this person's dead now. This person's dead now. I don't <sighs> know. Maybe, I mean, I would want them to have like a, a, lovely tribute because their friendship is such a, a different element to the show.
0: Oh yeah. Um, but. Can I actually say something controversial? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I actually think, I kind of wish that they would have, that, that it would have been announced like an episode four. Oh no! Something happened to Stanford, and it was unexpected. I understand, like that after Big's funeral and how mm-hmm. stretched out that was, but th- that needed to be stretched out. Like I think that they could have done mm-hmm. something like that, or they should have just let it go and have season two open with like w- with something like that. I think, in order to get the resolution that Stanford deserves, it, mm-hmm. because now it's just hanging and it's kind of like. Not 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 weak ass, but in a way, it, it, the the band aid that they put over this was weak, um, and I I kind of I think that would have helped ground the season a bit more, and just because Carrie was really sad this season, and I think adding to the sadness could have could have helped, but that's I know that I'm in a, a my, minority here.
1: Well, and Maybe. the thing is, uh, right now, my roommate, his boyfriend, who basically lives with us, he's dealt with in the past six months like six different like family members have died in this family and like two of them within like days of each other so and and they were in this place of like how much more loss can someone take and i think there would be something very human especially as these characters are getting older and they're in a different part of life it would have been hard to deal with the death of stanford but it could have been a thing of like wow like my world really is like shattered right now and it could be about her wine to connect these new people because she's losing these old connections and i i do kind of agree with the in season two like it's gonna be hard to do but like i almost wonder if they could because with willie he very much kept his illness to himself um except for sarah jessica for as long of the production as he could and i wonder if they could almost even integrate that into the storyline that he also went away on this like wild work trip because he knew he was sick and just wanted to like switch things up and do something different and then he like passed away while he was like traveling like I think there is a way to bring it back because um, it does just feel like he's been such a pivotal character since the first episode of the series so to have him just go hey I'm gonna go <laughs> manage a TikTok star in Japan and I'm never gonna come back just doesn't it doesn't feel like enough for that character yeah. For me. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh and it's also, also that's, tricky, you know, it's a real person, you know, so it's, Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. It's
2: it's it's also sort of you know, interesting to see those interactions between Mario Cantone and Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. on this first season just because they're two characters that didn't interact with a lot.
1: Yeah, except um, like through like Charlotte of like Charlotte. Through Charlotte,
2: probably. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they could have something nice, you know, as a you know, do a tribute to Willie Garson. Mm-hmm. That also is something that you know drives a a plot point for it. Let's like, I don't sound, mean to sound macabre or anything, but no, I mean like shy. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's 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 um. It would add another layer to you know sort of moving on that the first season presented so well.
1: Well, and even you talking about that and kind of like I don't know, it's kind of awkward. It makes me think that that's kind of how they felt about it they were like mm-hmm. we don't win against this right now so we're just gonna put a little band-aid on it and we'll have more time to address this later uh because I can't I can't imagine dealing with the sudden loss of an actor you know mm-hmm. like in the in the middle of production like I even I saw people saying, like wow the episodes are getting shorter as the season's going on I'm like well maybe things were cut maybe things cool. had to change you know Ugh, in- I don't
0: know Specifically, there was something that cut that was cut that I think I, I know. I understand why they had to cut it, you know. And I, at the end of the day, I agree with them. But uh, I do think that it that Chris Knott's lack of um, presence in Carrie's dream mm. sequence it definitely shows that like it was. Felt, I felt it, yeah. Yeah, it was like constructed around this image of him, and then it was taken out. And I, you know, I, I, I. I that's one of the worst things I think that. What about the finale is just that that whole sequence is awkward because they're trying to you know continue on with their their plan with while facing the realities of of, mm-hmm. of the situation
1: well yeah i was gonna bring that up the whole you know the chris no controversy happening in the middle of this as if this creative team was not dealing with enough <laughs> things all at yeah. once and that's the thing i feel like they had a lot of obstacles that they had to navigate in this season of television and to me the fact that it's even still as coherent and i think lovely as it is i think it's not getting actually enough credit for its quality it's just but people are just so negative as we've said so I, i i wish people could appreciate it more for the work and the craftsmanship i I just watched the documentary about this also and so i think i'm still stuck in like just seeing how much tender care they like spent on this show and so it's with twitter people i just want to
0: shake my head like so i you know I've run my own podcast about scream and you know the new scream movie the thesis of the of the of the movie is about toxic fandom and I've been on several shows promoting you know my podcast the new movie uh and everybody asked me about it and um I actually have used sex the sex in the city fandom as an example of one of the worst fandoms like it really it, out there really because like the conversation hasn't been fair to everything that you're speaking to Zach on terms of just a pure storytelling level and a pure character level. Uh, it's, it's, it's been actually a pretty great season. Like I, uh I didn't, like I ranked all the episodes before we started and kind of gave them a grade. And there were like, most of them, like seven out of ten seven seven out of 10 of them were in the A range. Like I, I really loved, every I, I loved mostly everything that they did here mm-hmm.
1: did well, you know, no the thing is though did you find out the screen time for all the main characters god damn it
0: <laughs> <laughs> for scream i i already have the trios but like you know for the new movie but not for just like that but okay, wait, I, i've actually been curious about this like which characters would have which of the three supporting roles would have the most screen time in the first two films i'm very curious about that that may be a summer project
1: i feel like miranda would be more in the first one and it would be yeah. more actual
0: charlotte in the second one i think samantha could challenge charlotte for in the second one. Oh, but... actually that's true if yeah.
1: you know charlotte has actually not to go on a slight mini tangent but she actually has my favorite i don't like sex in the city too like on the whole, really, I almost—I've only rewatched it maybe five times, which might sound like a lot of times, but for me, it's actually not the many times. Um, whereas, like the first movie, I've seen so many times. But she has my favorite moment in the second film, which is when she goes into the pantry and just has to cry for a second while her yeah. kids are screaming. To me, I was like, I looked at my friend at the time. I went, This is the first moment that actually feels like real in this entire movie yeah. um i mean not that Lies can't appear as you know <laughs> you know someone's, <laughs> she manifests. someone's yeah, it happens it happens um oh God. yeah but it's, it's i i i had some closing questions i wanted to pose to you about the the season and i guess we can start again with like joey and then Ryan, if that's if that sounds sure. like a good plan okay I'm just like, the show makes me, like, ramble, and so I'm a little rambly today. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> You're not forgiving. Me. I'm, I'm distraught over the yeah. end of the season, honestly. I was, like, I was so bummed about it when I rewatched it tonight. Okay, so, from the whole season, uh, what was your, what do you think is your favorite episode from the first season?
2: Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, I... I liked, the, um, I liked the finale a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's there's something to do with uh, Carrie being by herself. I've been thinking for the last couple of days. I've been thinking of Carrie on that bridge with that giant um, Eiffel Tower purse. <laughs> um, and that, I don't know. There's something about that that I really, really liked. Um, I also liked the um the episode I can't remember I think it's 7 I'm not in front of me but the one where she's uh you know she's she's more alone with Seema mm-hmm. for the, for the first time um where you know Seema seems like she's brought into the show you know fully not just as a real estate agent that I that I really really loved
0: hmm Ryan well i love i genuinely love like most of them um i the the first two i think are masterpieces like they're just like i mean almost nearly flawless um i love the episode about natasha i think that is such a fun um emotional episode um i love the episode where they all come together and paint but um i have to say and i love the finale i love like the way that it ends with her getting her own podcast i love that so much but Um, For me, I would probably have to pick the fifth episode, which is um, the hip episode, which honestly, whenever I was starting out, Mm. I didn't like it as much, but I I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, But by the end of it, it is so shocking what happens in that episode with (laughs) the the kitchen and Carrie in bed and then that intense fight that happens between them. Uh, And there are so many layers to that. I just, you know, I, I remember being on a high after watching that episode because just the second half is such a whirlwind, so I would pick that. What about you, Zach?
1: Um, I mean that. I think that was probably going to be my answer as well. Yeah. Okay, because well, it
0: just and again,
1: I think the same. I think it made me uncomfortable, and so at first I thought I didn't <laughs> like it <laughs> because, I mean, it's very intense. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: It's
0: in, you mean Miranda's it's operatic orgasming in her kitchen? I mean, with her off. Yeah. Well, girl, I mean, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I juxtaposed with was, Carrie peeing herself. Like, oh my god. Well, it's yeah, the thing.
1: Hard. Like, I think at first I thought that uncomfortable feeling meant I didn't like it, but it was actually, I think, had some of my favorite acting moments of the entire season with Miranda because I feel like without that scene after after the hookup when she breaks down to Carrie, and she finally just says the words i'm not happy Mm -hmm. like at that point whether you agree with miranda's choices or not like she's a human being and like your friend saying I am not happy in my life even if that makes no sense to you who you think you know how I should be feeling in my life I'm not happy and I feel like without that scene the rest of the season couldn't work mm-hmm. with everything with Che and it, and honestly it even it's it's what I kept going to whenever I was getting so defensive of Steve in their breakup scene I'm like how could she be so mean to Steve and then I'm like she's not happy like, like <laughs> just because I want her to love this man does not mean that she loves him and, well um, can
0: yeah. I have a question for you guys about this specific scene. So I think like Carrie was appropriately hard on her, but then appropriately, you know, sensitive with her after she says that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've watched it with two different people. One person said she wasn't hard enough, and then another person mm-hmm. said she was too mean. Where do you guys kind of fall?
1: Uh, I'll let you go first, oh, yeah. I don't think from Carrie's perspective um,
2: seeing that personally, you can be to me. <laughs> That's just my personal... Like, I was so... The first time I watched that, I was shocked beyond belief. Oh my I, was like, oh my. I was like, how dare she? How dare she do that? She's there supposed to help her. I was so Oh, was so bad. <laughs> Um, But I think, you know, those scenes, you know, throughout the series, is whenever these women challenge each other in a really mm-hmm. real way, I think you can sort of like feel like the tension from those scenes because they have so much on the line and sometimes they do, you know, they hold back on their true opinions with each other sometimes. And I feel like, um, she maybe could have gone a little harder on her, but I, th- I don't think that she was ever not hard enough on her.
1: I definitely felt like when she, I feel like she was actually laying out Miranda flat in a way that <laughs> the audience kind of needed her to be like where she was saying, Hey, you're a married woman and you just hooked up with my boss and you're smoking pot in my apartment yeah. and doing tequila shots in the middle of the day. What the fuck are you doing? Like, and and then, you know, but then when your closest friend is then suddenly that shattered in front of you and you see how unhappy they are, like, that is, that is a real raw moment. I think she, her love for Miranda is like that's more important in this moment than me continuing to like bitch her out um Mm -hmm. like that's the thing like i actually what i love about their friendship is that they're not afraid to have those kind of fights with each other every once in a while because Mm -hmm. i think the most shallow friendships i have are the ones where like i would probably never talk to them that deeply about such like you know real things in my life but they're also the people i'm not the closest to so i think it kind of worked out in the history of these characters, the way it would have played out. It felt true. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have a favorite moment from the season?
2: I, uh... This may be kind of... I probably have two. One that's way more serious and one that is funnier. I guess the funnier one in episode nine where charlotte is helping lily through her (laughs) crisis with you know a tampon like sort of like montage of like you do it like this you do it like that oh my god and then i thought that was kind of we don't get to see a lot of uh charlotte away from the four women doing that on her own as much anymore so i thought that was really refreshing um and then there's something about just thinking of some images of sarah jessica parker in those first two episodes but particularly at the funeral
1: Uh, yeah
2: um i think it's some of the best work sarah jessica parker's ever done i've been a huge fan of hers since i was like eight and um and it was i feel like i've never seen her like that before i can't even pick like one moment of the funeral just sort of collectively that whole thing um that stuck out to me a lot
0: okay what about you ryan i have um two that just jumped to to mind so one is uh whenever miranda, they're fighting in the park in episode six and um, you know mm-hmm. charlotte's again laying into miranda um, and miranda gets up and she starts to leave and carrie i love the way that mm-hmm. carrie acts there because like i'm just as joey kind of said like i am like the biggest fan of sarah joshua burger i'm obsessed with her mm-hmm. i love the way that carrie plays in that scene um, where she goes and uh, she says miranda Come back. we we i've already lost one we're not losing another one here like i that fresh just shells, guts me. <laughs>
1: like,
0: it just guts me um like, uh. but, but so there's that and then um i would also I, I i know it's just fresh so maybe i don't actually mean this but i'm so obsessed with the way this s- season ends with carrie on her own show and then kissing the guy like that is just it was just so like enlightening for me and the fun thing is like i always wanted to be carrie bradshaw as a little boy and then i started my own show you know uh, nine months ago and now to see like the fact that i beat carrie to having my own podcast before she did (laughs)
2: was
0: (laughs) such a full circle moment so that's my pick and the guy's hot i'm so obsessed he's
2: I Very knew, I actually knew, I thought, <laughs> for a split second, Ryan, I'm not kidding. I was like, Ryan's going to love that. I <laughs> knew, like, seriously. Because even seeing Franklin from, like, the you know, in the booth in the first couple episodes, I was like, who is that man? Mm-hmm. This I was like, she's going to end up with that man. And then I was, I sort of abandoned it or maybe forgot about it because there was so much happening. And then in the last thing, I was like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, And then I did think of you first. I was like, that's the kind of guy that Ryan showers would.
0: That's, yeah. that's my guy
1: <laughs> yeah I definitely was like it, are they going down this route or am I just horny and I think he's attractive and I want her to have sex with him um, so it was I was kind of we ended up there my my moment is like very slight <laughs> honestly like just kind of silly but like I I've replayed the moment so many times uh, just because it's just sheer joy and it's when um, Carrie is taking stock of all of her clothing uh-huh. and she brings out the yeah. dress from the original finale and just lays it in front of Seema and she mm-hmm. just pauses and she's like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> and I was, like, I was just obsessed with that moment as just like, it just felt like infectious joy coming from the actual actress and the character and it was it was like every fan service I wanted, like, yes, I want an episode where you're just laying out some of the clothes for me to look at. That is something I would enjoy. And it just it just felt like so many little Easter eggs to just devour as a fan. So I just, I, I love that, that whole episode in general, but that specific moment. Um, now we've talked about things we did not care for in the season. Do we have a least favorite moment that we want to uh, give a dishonor to?
2: Um, I think something that made me cringe, but I'm very conflicted about it, is in the fin- finale. Again, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it, but the whole show, as if it's a chore. Um, <laughs> <because it's not. laughs> how but, dare you? Um, how dare you? Um, I was very glad to see Sarah Ramirez singing. Um, my husband started clapping because <laughs> yeah. he loves her. He's the only. My husband is one of the only people that I know that still watches Grey's Anatomy, um, and. But I was just like, oh, my God, I'm cringing at this so hard. I was like, and I was like, she's going to go to California. She's going to go to California. I was like, this is awful. And this is so within the confines of the character. I hated that moment so much. I was like, you selfish. I don't know. Uh,
0: So mine... I would actually say like I I'm not a huge fan of episode six other than the big fight scene. Um, I think it's a pretty dull episode, uh, and Cynthia Nixon directed that, and I'm not trying to throw shade at her, but I feel like mm-hmm. almost you can tell like the energy in episode six is different than ever, everywhere oh, else. Yeah, um, it's like it's a deadbeat. beat, um, and I I don't like I thought the way that like Miranda like masturbating was I thought that was just kind of <laughs> really poorly directed. I, I don't like the tone of that. Like it's kind of like this weird slapstick. <laughs> thing and she's trying to talk to brady and she's like she's like i'll be there in a second like i don't like that um uh and i I, yeah that that's what i would say
1: (laughs) that was gonna be my moment as well oh my god we are
0: on the same wavelength (laughs) because when i was watching i'm like I
1: love Cynthia Cynthia Nixon. I think she is a fabulous actress, but I don't understand the choices that are happening right now on my screen. <laughs> just, like, I don't know. I just don't believe that she would still be jerking herself off like, I you God, you have the tune wrong. Like I was like, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Um, oh, I can't even, that just turned me up. Uh, did we have a favorite Carrie fashion moment from the series?
2: Um, <laughs> I could probably pick something more legitimate, like, m- more legitimate, but something about her, um, like high on painkillers with a giant hat on is <laughs> yes. like my favorite thing. Or when she doesn't want to, um, I like her, uh, <laughs> trying not to smell like cigarette smoke. Oh my God. Yes. With those. Like, what insanity is that? But I have to say the big hat thing. Cause that's, I, I, personally love a big hat i um, love
1: carrie and her crazy hats honestly me
2: too nobody wears a hat anymore um so i would say the hats even though there's probably something way more worthy in just like the
0: hats. i oh, yeah. i'm obsessed with almost everything that she wears in this season i love the fact that she wears blue a lot in the first half mm-hmm. um I, I i honestly and i think sarah Jessica barker has the most gorgeous hair like uh in the <laughs> a little the curls i mean she just lets the curls go and she lets. It's like I love the fact that like in the first episode we get her like we get the big hair at the in the first scene, and then um for the last scene it's it's straight. So I I can't really pick a, a single outfit, but I just love the way that they use Carrie's hair, and I really do genuinely love basically everything Carrie wears here. So
1: I had two specific moments where I just remember thinking like she looks amazing and one is at the end of the tragically hip episode where she's just in her closet um with those like fabulous shoes and just that high high slit on that dress and just I was like she looks phenom, and then I also just the dress she wears on the bridge in Paris is just I, I'm personally obsessed with it. And just like that, unfortunately Joey had to leave the conversation a little early to get to an appointment, but Ryan and I couldn't help but wonder what we each thought about a couple more plot lines in the season. So we're going to continue right now with just me and Ryan, but in true and just like that fashion, we will sign off at the end with the entire trio. So the other thing that happens in the finale that I just feel like needs to be touched on because... The thing about this show is for so long it was known for the four main characters and I feel like so much negativity has been about how Kim Cattrall did not return to play Samantha Jones. Even though I honestly feel like this show survived fine without her, but people have other uh, much harsher opinions. But we do get a final moment in the finale. We've had little flirting with text to uh, Samantha between Carrie the whole season, and we finally see them setting up a date to see each other and Now, what did you think about this, Ryan?
0: I loved it. I thought it was honestly, I have to say the the fact that they had had this texting idea was a stroke of brilliance um, yes. because like, honestly, I felt like I was hearing Kim's voice as I was reading mm. those messages. Like they were so perfectly written. I bet Michael Patrick King wrote all the text messages scenes just because oh, I bet. like, yeah. you know, that's just, it, it's, it's such a, a thing, but like, um, I love the arc of this because, you know, this, you know, if you think about it, like we first, you know, see this, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of, we, or at least, let me rephrase. (laughs) We get a lot of Samantha interaction in this whole season. It kind of builds Mm. to this moment. Uh, You know, it's kind of sprinkled in throughout with, you know, the, they set it up in the, in the first episode, we get the flowers in the next, in the, in the middle of this season, they text for the first time. Uh, yeah. You know, and then uh, where it's really back and forth about the, I hope you're, I'm just happy your vagina is getting airtime. <laughs> so, and then we we get to wrap up here, which I just think is, I think that they did it in a very realistic way um, where it sounded like the character, you know, it's appropriate with like the the mood for the moment because Carrie's alone. And that is Carrie's moment to herself, you know, mm-hmm. letting go of Big Zashes and moving on. Um, and I have gone through two big friendship breakups. Over the mm-hmm. past um, like six months, um, one of whom I recovered from, like, you know, and it was kind of like a Samantha thing, um, you know, the, the other one I haven't. And I have to say there was something very cathartic about the way that it was displayed here and very realistic um, and very true to who Samantha is while maintaining what the show is is all about and what it's going for. So what did you think?
1: Very similar to what you said. I've had friends that I mean, I had this one friend. I had been I had been close to them for by the end of our friendship, probably like 13 14 years. It was like a very long friendship, and definitely one of those friends that I think people just assumed I would be close with forever. Mm -hmm. Like if they saw me, they would be one of the first people people would ask about. Like, oh, so how so and so? And we had a very like big falling out. And we haven't been close now for like, yeah, like almost four years. Like they've missed an entire set of relationships that I had because we were like weren't friends. Like we've missed so much of each other's lives. And I think this felt very real to me because even when we were not close at all, I still had an urge every once in a while to like want to reach out mm-hmm. and and message them and just like even though I we might still be mad about certain things like I do miss them sometimes and it is hard and I think they did a really beautiful way of acknowledging that there had been a rift but it doesn't mean that there wasn't still love there but sometimes long friendships do just end and I don't think necessarily the fact that they meet up at the end of the season implies that they were trying to like fix the relationship to hopefully get Kim to come back on the show because I actually get the feeling that Kim will probably never come back to the show I just feel like it was a way of them like tying up that so that we don't have to have it looming in the future you know what I mean
0: right i think actually they did it in in what how they did it put themselves in the best position possible in terms of like i think from now on um well if we hear any allusions to samantha it'll be like oh you know uh it'll be very positive and it will be very brief because you know her Mm -hmm. absence has been addressed and it's over with now i i'm probably of the belief that they didn't meet um in paris and they had a drink and it was very lovely, and th- they feel better about each other. But that doesn't mean that it's healed one hundred percent, and especially because they live in different on different, you know, continents. Like there, I don't think everything anything will ever go back to the way it was. Um, Like for instance, with my friend recently, um, you know, and it was kind of the same thing, you know, little things would happen that you could only tell this one person. And even Mm. though we weren't speaking, I still, you know, I sent her an email about something and she sent me something else and, you know, uh, over a period of time. And then just one day stuff just falls into place. So I think it's really beautiful the way that they did it. And, you know, I think that from now on, it's like, Samantha is free. If That makes sense.
1: When I, I mean, I don't like to get too negative on the show, but I just want to say I feel like they had set up a world where if, if Kim Cattrall had come to them and said, hey, I've been thinking about how things have played out. I don't like it. If you would like me to come back to the show, I would love to come back, yada, yada. I feel like that door was being propped open for her. And I feel like when this show came out all she really did was just kind of kick that door closed again so i feel like the fact they were even as delicate with this character as they've been is very kind on their part and shows that they have affection for the character and her work that she did for them in the past and for the fans and so i feel like we have we have yeah we have closed the chapter on this character as much as we need to and i honestly feel like it's at a point now where with all the new characters we have and all the new places we're going with the series i don't i don't need to be reminded of her as a fan
0: Absolutely not. Like I actually, you know, for the I, you know, the first 3 episodes, I was on I was having such a blast and I wasn't even, I wasn't really even missing her at all. Like when they're running around stalking Natasha, like, Oh my god. I, 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 Samantha's the last thing on my mind. Like when they're in the comedy club and Charlotte and Miranda are having these like a huge emotional epiphanies and Carrie's still she's walking around New York, I'm not wondering about Samantha. Like I just feel like the show is so different. I don't I think if 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 that would happen, and Kim came back for season two, which I don't think is, I, I think it's completely off the table. Um, I think, like, like you said, the way they set it up, they, they set it up that if, you know, it could happen, but I don't think it will ever happen. I think that once you make things so public in the way that Kim did, oh, and she I mean, dragged, yeah. like, not only Sarah, Sarah Jessica and, and uh, Michael Patrick King, but, everybody you know the whole show through the mud that's almost whenever it's public it's almost it's, it's really hard to forgive
1: um it's hard to forget as an audience even yeah
0: but um I, I have to say i didn't really miss samantha i don't know if samantha fits into this new world anymore you know again like because samantha's character was so defined by sex and mm-hmm. uh, that's not what this show is about this show is about something more adult more profound it's about the characters and their families, and you know, I just don't think I don't think Samantha would fit in, to be honest.
1: we What's so funny, and I keep thinking about this thought every time I think about the show and everything that's happened with Kim, is I feel like a lot of what she said in her criticism of the show and why she like didn't want to continue with the franchise, was that she felt it had all been done. She didn't want to play this woman anymore. You know, all these very negative statements, and I feel like. I feel like maybe some of the most interesting things she would have been asked to play of her character would have happened in this next chapter, actually. And so I just find it ironic that she kind of sidestepped out of the franchise, right? As, like, like, I'm someone, maybe it's because I'm gay, I don't know, but, like, I have always very much enjoyed stories about older women and, like, i like i'd be watching movies at 13 about like women in their 50s crying about like being single in their 50s and i would feel like oh i relate to this like i don't know so i have just been so enamored with this new series and i feel like she would have had a really interesting chapter to play and so it's weird to me that she wanted to leave now you know
0: well and i was actually i had that moment myself whenever i was watching the um watching the series over again um over christmas break uh I think Samantha's most interesting and most emotional storyline is in season six, where she, her body, you know, she's going, she's going through chemo and she has cancer and her body is rejecting sex. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, so to your point, like there would have been such an opportunity for Kim to have something new to play with Um, being, you know, because of the realities of the, of their lives so I th- it's a shame but you know at the end of the day you know kim made her choices and uh, you know we everybody else has to adjust and that's the kind of thing that makes me that irks me about the whole thing in general because you know people act as though sarah jessica and cynthia and M- mkp <sighs> uh, 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 michael badger king they all yeah. ganged up on and like shoved her out of the door she gave them the middle finger you know yeah. and dragged them all over news stations for months like and social media crap. Like this was all her and she, and her fans try to make her out to be the victim in this. And she's not, she is the, instigator. really yeah, I it. could not be agreeing more right now. <laughs> like, so you know what? She missed out on $10 million because they, they each, each of the girls got a million dollars per episode. And she missed out on being the center of the cultural conversation, you know, th- for the past two months She's doing these stupid. You're not wrong. Stupid reboots, like you know. I mean, who really won here? Like,
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, Just and the thing is, I don't. I like. I don't know these people. I don't know the the behind-the-scenes story, like all of that. But I just feel like I have never, literally, ever heard a report from any actor that has worked with Sarah Jessica Parker that has not literally just said, "Oh, she is the most lovely, down-to-earth, like." you know, an actor's actor really cares about the work, is, like, kind to, like, everyone on the crew. Like, I've never heard anyone not tell the exact same version of whatever. And so I just, to me, it just felt like sour grapes, and it felt like maybe she resented, you know, how much of a star Sarah Jessica became from the show. But but even that just feels weird to me. Because I'm like, well, Kim, like, this is your most, like, iconic role in your career. Like, you mm-hmm. definitely got something out of it. Like, so it's just... The whole thing's
0: just been odd. It's very odd. And I think it, it does say something that like, you know, even like, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker is kind of like the ideal, like human being like, from what I understand about like, even her, like in real life. Like, I mean, this is the same woman who like sat with her mailman while he cried about like, after losing like somebody like a, a family member, like there, I don't know. I, I don't remember the specific story. Cause I heard this, you know, through one of my other friends um, who loves sex in the city and Sarah Jessica, but I just, I don't buy it. And I don't buy this, mean-girling narrative that they're trying to push on uh, the show because you know people who are at the top are always the ones who get targeted for anything you know whether it's you know juliana margulies feuding with archie Punjabi on the good wife like you know jules became the villain like automatically <laughs> and that's kind of what happened here and i think samantha is such a beloved and like revolutionary character that mm-hmm. that plays into this as well because fans are so much more passionate about fighting for her yeah. in an avenging Kim and uh, as if she was wronged, exactly. You know, that's what's
1: so fascinating. And like, she was not wronged, all they ever wanted from her was to her actually come do the role more, right? You know, like that's literally the only thing they ever were like, We love you and your work so much, we would love to see more of this iconic work. So it's, and again, I don't know the full story, you know, who knows, but it just. I, it just, one version of the story makes a lot more sense to me than the other, I guess, is what I would say. And maybe that's just my own bias, but that's just where I'm at. You
0: know, and the the hard thing is, at the end of the day, even if there were all these sour grapes, even if Sarah Jessica Parker was the worst co-worker in the world, I think whenever you have a mega franchise like Sex and the City, I think it's, and you know, I, I think it's very classless to to blast your coworkers! you know these people who gave you your your fame and your life and your well-being you know uh, publicly i think it's so i think it just lacks tact and um I, it's just totally classless
1: well that's the thing like i remember years be- a couple years before the you know she went on the talk show with pierce morgan of all people first of all um to r- go on her tirade i remember that sarah jessica parker was on the howard stern show and she actually, like, went out of her way to be like, oh, we, like, did not have a feud. We had a we had a lovely working, you know, relationship. You know, did we get, like, did we ever have days where we were a little short with each other? Like, sure, because when you're working that much and that stressed out, of course, moments like that happen. But we had a very good working relationship and we certainly were not enemies. And I certainly, like, have nothing but respect and love for her. Like so I didn't feel like there was a slander happening on the other side that she then felt a need to combat against, so I just never understood what she was getting out of behaving in such a way I don't know its just it just it goes against my natural uh character and how i would conduct myself so maybe that's why it seems so nuts
0: well and just think about what this has done to the fans like i hate to say this and i'm not trying to place i'm not trying to like completely just you know like annihilate kim control and her character but she i genuinely feel like the fandom became so toxic because of her, in a way, I mean, there was always probably toxic fandom about, like, and I'm sure you know, toxic fandom, I guess, has always existed within Sex and the City because of misogyny and how boundary pushing it was about everything. Hmm. But Kim Cattrall made it so tribal. You were either Team Sarah Jessica, or you were t- huh. you were t- Team Kim. And uh, it, it's uh, she mean, uh, you know, uh, it's just it, it's very unfortunate the way that this has divided fans. And I think Kim kind of got what she wanted in a way, like she wanted everybody to raise a fuss about whatever, you know, about this new season, you know, in a way like, or whatever they were going to do, if they were going to make a third movie without her, like, I think she wanted, I think she was pissed off at Sarah Jessica for some reason or resentful. And she just wanted to ruin the fun. And I think she, she achieved that to some extent. um, But the true fans like me and you and Joey, like we, and under who understand the characters and the story and what it's trying to do. I think we see through that and we can still enjoy it for ourselves.
1: I guess that's how I would like wrap up this like part of it is that the people that are actually here to enjoy the show and love the show I think still got a lot out of this new season and if someone really just wants to be a hater and say I couldn't watch more than the first 10 minutes of the first episode it's just not the same thing it's like well no it's not the same thing but first of all I would actually say with how negative all of this played out, they could have been a lot more flippant with her character. If they'd they had actually had this pettiness and this, you know, anger towards her, they could have just killed off her character in the first, you know, couple minutes and just been like, yeah, she's dead. Her cancer came back and she mm-hmm. died. Like, you know, they easily could have done that. But instead they were very respectful to the character. And I appreciate that they did that because they honestly could have gone a lot more negative
0: oh for sure they could have been they could have done very cartoonish things to samantha as well uh and you know i would argue that this the way that they handled her exit in season one of and just like that uh is uh, truer to the character than samantha um yelling that she likes to have sex and that she has (laughs) condoms um in the middle of abu dhabi but, and um,
1: oh my god i i love sex and the city and it's so fascinating like sex and the city 2 is something where i'm like i love all these characters and i love this franchise but i really don't like this movie like it's it's so it's well, so weird it's such a weird pivot from the rest of this like franchise for me
0: well you actually i'm glad that you brought this up because um i wanted to address this when you brought it up earlier in the episode uh i i don't mind the second movie like i i can still enjoy it even uh, enjoy parts of it even though i know that mm-hmm. it's really bad like i think actually most of the stuff that happens in new york is somewhat decent uh, oh, yeah agreed. agreed it goes off the rails after they go back if they go to abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. um, like, that's where it's like i i enjoy watching these characters so i can i can kind of sit through this but i actually don't i actually don't mind the the, the new york stuff for the first half so
1: I would agree. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is I just (laughs) I didn't mind it when it was just about what do we do as an older couple that like now that we have our day to day and there isn't this high drama all the time. Like, what do we do with our lives? Like all of that was actually I was people said that was too like boring whenever I'm like, no, I actually found that very interesting. My biggest critique of the second movie, honestly, was that it felt like even more than the first movie, it felt like it was trying to accomplish something that would have just been done more organically in just a season of television than trying to be a movie it Mm -hmm. felt like they were trying like now we're just gonna do an old-fashioned hollywood comedy big spectacle movie and it didn't feel like what the essence of the show is because that was actually the only thing i did not like about the second movie is that i feel like a lot of people that had assumptions about the franchise saw the second movie and were like see i told you that's what that's what it is it's just this and i'm like no that's, that's not it uh, but speaking of, like, the old show, there was, like, one last question I wanted to also ask, which is, we had a couple of appearances from characters that existed in the original series. If you could pick a character to come back in some organic way into the new series, can you think of anyone that you would want to pepper in?
0: Oh, God. Um, that's that's really hard. Um <laughs> Hold on, give me a second to like look through to like scroll through. Because I
1: loved having like Natasha like back into the mix. Like I, I was obsessed with that.
0: You know, um, who's uh, I wouldn't mind seeing again is the um, the guy Miranda dated. What what was his name? Robert. Um, oh, which which guy?
1: Which guy was that? The
0: from uh, from season six. Uh... Oh, oh, Robert Lee's was that his name? Yes, Dr. Robert Leeds, Blair Underwood. I, I think I because Miranda has undergone so much change in her life, mm-hmm. I actually think that would be kind of an interesting thing to come face to face with him again. Um I do know for sure, like for you know, sure I'm sure as fuck that I don't want to see Aiden again. Like I'm good.
1: Think okay, honestly thank you. Like by the time we finish with that whole plot line in the second movie, I was like, do we need to come back here again? Like I don't I don't understand. Ever again. What no, we've been no. getting on about.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind yeah. like under I wouldn't mind like hearing about Bunny McDougal if she's still alive. Um, just because she was such a antagonist for Charlotte. Um yeah. I think that would be funny for you know, LTW and Charlotte to bump into Bunny on the street or in a fancy restaurant or something.
1: Yeah, I want like some sort of like I was trying to think about this. Or, like, would I want
0: like what about Candace there's... Bergen?
1: Okay, for first of all, Candace Bergen like needs to come back in. <laughs> like I need more Candace Bergen. I need some sort of organic I feel like it's that would be like such an easy thing to like fit back in there. Um, but also like one person I loved on the original show, and they weren't on it a lot, but in their little appearance I was obsessed with. I loved when Amy Sedaris was one of her um uh, her book editors like i was obsessed with her if they could find somebody to bring back amy sedaris i would also be very happy
0: i loved her too like she just pops with energy like she would be very cool maybe i could actually see maybe I, that would also be a very natural way to um you know weave in weave into things i wouldn't mind seeing like okay this is a weird thing um because nobody likes him, but huh. even if Berger wanted to come back, like I wouldn't mind just getting a flash of who he is now, just oh, because sure, yeah. that ended on s- such an abrupt uh, note. And I would just be curious to see how his life contrasts with Carrie, since they were both writers. And the the main issue in that relationship was he was jealous of her and her success. Uh, you know, and Carrie has become much more wealthy and has accomplished so much more in her career. Several books are, are you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, a supporting <laughs> right. role on a podcast and now her own show. Um, I think I would just be curious to see what his life is like and how it compares.
1: Especially, just I mean the um, the post it always sticks twice is I think one of my top five favorite episodes. Me too. Of the entire <laughs> series, and so I can't pass up a fantasy where we have some sort of like comeuppance for him I don't know like honestly can I say in the last the last episode when they were talking about bad breakups I at first thought she was gonna bring up the post-it story when she was gonna talk about bad breakups and then it actually was just about um mr big i was like i guess that's that's worse <laughs> but i i just oh my god
0: and i have to say i think i think they missed an opportunity there um i i thought that that actually and that, that was kind of cringe like that was like i that started out the episode and i was like oh no i was like is this really what the finale is going to be like Um uh, but <laughs> um i think that they actually uh you know i think that i would mean, an allusion back to the post-it note would have been stronger um that's just my that's just my view because the post-it note is my is one of my favorite episodes like the post-it note um the the episode that follows it is charlotte's wedding to harry which is one of yeah. the the laugh out loudiest episodes in the in in the series like and i think that those that two punch of like uh, those two back-to-back is probably one of my favorite thing about the show
1: well and the thing i am obsessed with and i feel like it does not get talked about enough is i just think sarah jessica parker is a genius at Comedy line delivery. Like, she just, like, the way she can deliver a line differently than anyone else would possibly deliver. Like, there's this one line, and not to go on a mini tangent, but in the posted episode where she goes over and talks to burger's friends and then she comes back and then they're like, What happened? She's like, I took the lowest possible road. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been such a joy seeing Sarah Jessica on this season and just watching her be brilliant again and watching her character like slowly come back to life as this, like, I feel like her progression of that was so well done. Uh, and that's well, actually what I like not to bring it back to the Samantha Jonesness of it all, but like that last encounter, it's like finally she didn't feel sad in that moment. She felt very like at peace and like connected to something from her past, but in a way that isn't tragic, you know? And I was, it was, I just, I, bravo to the to the writers i have to say
0: well i have to say um carrie was my mvp of the season i know like Mm -hmm. i think all three of the women at the center had amazing material and they all got you know they all had substantial reasons to be back if that makes sense their characters were growing or they were dealing with things like in adversity that are really important and uh i think carrie uh, it was definitely the most uh the most per uh, she she was the most personal because she was grieving. And, uh, but I also just think, uh, I I just love Carrie uh, as a character and just as a person. Uh, and I think, uh, she's always the most interesting, um, to me and every, every emotional beat that she, and like, I have to say, she actually has grown as a person. Uh, And I think Mm. it shows in ways like, and I think Charlotte, I wouldn't, I don't know if Charlotte has grown as a person. I think she's very much (laughs) still the same Charlotte, Um, but she's learning. Like there were a couple of like illusions uh, and, and, and just like that, where um, Carrie would say um, Charlotte you just need to let me grieve. You just need to let me be a mess, you know, and mm-hmm. instead of, you know, cause Charlotte's natural, the person who tries to make everybody feel better. And you know, that happens in episode three. And then in episode six, when Carrie says it to her again, Charlotte is just there for her and listens. Like I, I love things like that, but I think as a person overall, Carrie became very humbled um, this season. And again, like, you know, this is her story. And the fact that she, I love that the fact that Carrie, moves forward and brings the past with her um for instance like the way she wears Big's um Big's jacket in episode at the end of episode 6 when Oh she... my
1: god that's my favorite shots when she's coming down the stairs and goes through the front door
0: and i in the fact that you know she like it, she the, how i described Carrie in like the second half of the se- the se- um the season is she is taking parts of big with her as she moves forward like she absorbs big into her and that part of her life and that's how she moves forward and I think that is such a beautiful thing and I just think Sarah Jessica is just a marvel like I just I I, I know I, I'm just gushing about her but no, it's the I mean,
1: I, you're preaching to the choir like I I I watch I'll rewatch episodes from the original show and just be like she should i mean she's done so much as an actress of course but like she should have been in so many more like big movies as like she's just such a like i don't know it's just wild to me that she hasn't really been like ever nominated for like an academy award or something like she should be getting like such better parts but she's also still an icon so it's fine
0: well and you know what the uh, people love to bag on the golden globes and i i I know the golden globes have really fallen from grace but she won four out of six of the seasons for sex in the city um and i just think that is such an incredible thing and it's a testament to who carrie is as a person and how complicated she is as a person and what sarah jessica brings to all those complicated niches um because she is such a challenging person uh to embody and i think sarah jessica does it in a way where um you know the worst parts of Carrie are kind of diluted. They're they're still there, but they're kind yeah. of diluted by her charm and yes. uh, yeah, and her energy and how she's just and uh, the good parts about her. And that's the brilliance of acting, in my opinion. Well, I feel like that
1: when I watch Sarah Jessica Parker, I get a sense of her humanity as a as a person, like her her humor, her humbleness, like. So that's what I feel like actually gets through that character. I feel like a different actress in that same part could have been like really rigid and really like off putting. And I guess she is still to some, but like I feel like the warmness of Sarah Jessica Parker is what makes that character get away with a lot of selfish behavior especially in the original show i mean my god there are episodes where like she does need to be called out by people for being like a shitty friend sometimes but she also can be an amazing friend and i've had friends like that where like sometimes they've really not shown up for me and sometimes they've been like there for some of my like hardest moments and And that's that's what i've missed about the show and I hope it never loses that, is, like, not being afraid to... I think I already said this, but, like, not being afraid to let the characters be flawed and make mistakes and be sloppy and messy.
0: Well, and not only that, but, you know, I, I think it's really unfair. Like, even before this show started, people, like, especially people on TikTok, they just love to beat the shit out of Carrie for no reason. Um, They're all four of the... All four of these women are complicated and flawed. And, uh, but Carrie is the only one that we pick on. And I think that's so unfair just because Miranda, mm-hmm. you know, she at least the old Miranda. She was seen as this like cutting edge feminist and blah, 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 blah. And Samantha was this, you know, unapologetic, you know, sexual person. Uh, and they were seen as the heroes. And I feel like Carrie became the villain because uh, for some reason, I don't know, but I think that dynamic also played into the Kim Cattrall nonsense, which I'm mm-hmm. really not okay oh, yeah. with um i agree and but they're all equally all four of all four of these women have things that they can be called out for it sucks like that only carrie gets is only carrie gets dragged through the mud because i can sit here and name you know three huge flaws of samantha of miranda and of charlotte as friends as people that balance out you know because of, of their strengths so i think it's unfair Joey, do you want to let
1: people know where they can find you online?
2: Oh Yeah, they can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, at JoeyMoser83 and I
1: uh, write in awardsdaily.com. Lovely. And Ryan, where can the audience find you online and support you?
0: Well, you can find me. uh, I have my own podcast. It's Scream with Ryan C. Showers. And um, you can find me online, um, Twitter, Instagram, at Scream with RCS.
1: And you can follow me at Zachary, no H on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow this podcast at IAW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I had such a fun time. I know we yes. could talk for probably for hours <laughs> and for hours, hours. Yeah. more, but I had such a fun time. Thanks, Zach.